Welcome back to the Parents' Rights and Education podcast. We are a grassroots movement of millions of parents and allies standing together, speaking as one to protect children and ensure parents' crucial role in their child's education is protected. We come alongside millions of parents and allies and equip them to stand up for their rights by free trainings, membership, and community support. You can join this movement for free by visiting parentsrightsandeducation.com. And hey, if you love the work that we're doing, please leave us a five-star review. Your review helps us get out our message and allows us to keep advocating for parents' rights. Thanks so much for being here. Let's get into today's topic. Well, it's great to be back, everybody. I hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving. I know mine sure was. We're still eating turkey, probably will be for the next, um, at least the rest of the week. Um, Love that bird. Okay, let's get straight to the news. New Jersey. New Jersey is uh, going to drop basic skills test for teachers. The New Jersey Education Association is pushing a bill that will eliminate a basic skills test for new teachers, covering reading, writing, and math. They claim that the test presents an unnecessary barrier to hiring new teachers. What? So they don't have to know how to read. They they won't be tested on their writing skills. They don't have to understand math. Now, if the teachers do not know the basics, how can they teach them to students? Or, well, in that case, how can they teach at all? Okay, next story. Grant High School teacher, this is in Portland, Oregon, famous Portland, Oregon, uh, is on strike. Okay, and this one teacher in Grant High School is threatening kids who don't show up to support teachers on the picket line. What? A teacher made a social media post directed at students saying if they do not show up on the picket line now to support teachers, she will not write them letters of recommendation in the future. Do you see how juvenile this is? Okay. Third story, parents, teachers, and lawmakers speak their piece on parental rights in committee meetings. Now, this is taking place in Wyoming. The Wyoming legislature met in a joint education meeting to discuss various topics, one being the Wyoming Parental Rights and Education Bill. The draft legislation passed 10 to 4. Well, that's good news. Now, the majority of public commentators were in favor of the bill. However, some, like Kirk Schmidt, a former school superintendent, believed an all-encompassing state approach won't solve issues between children, the school, and parents as effectively as, guess what, school boards can. He stated, you cannot make a policy that's going to take care of all problems, You're not going to make a statute that's going to take care of all problems. So the bill is now headed to the Legislative Service Office for legal review before being introduced to the Wyoming Senate. Do you love the work we are doing here at Parents' Rights in Education and want to know how you can become more involved? Become a member for free today. By becoming a member, you can connect with your local leadership, gain access to our free training, get advice, and stay up to date with the latest issues. Join today for free by visiting parentsrightsandeducation.com slash join. That's parentsrightsandeducation.com slash join. I want to emphasize 
the importance of parents' rights in K-12 education. Our organization's very name is the most important issue facing public education today. It is the issue of our time and is at the heart of all things wrong with K-12 public education today. The question before us is how to fix it. And the answer is restore local control in school districts all across the country. I agree with Kirk Schmidt of Wyoming, who believes an all-encompassing state approach won't solve issues between children, the school, and parents as effectively as local school boards can. When Parents' Rights in Education was conceived in 2011, I sat at the table with cohorts and encouraged them to name it Parents' Rights in Education. Recent efforts to pass comprehensive legislation from Florida to California in an effort to fix the problem sounds great, but the responsibility to create real change rests with you and me at the local level in our own school districts. Even Florida, with their new law, is having problems reining in the progressive stranglehold. The analogy I like to share is pretty good. Imagine if you noticed a teen speeding through your neighborhood at 50 miles an hour. After checking the speed limit statute, you know that's not right. And if something is not done, it may happen again. And someone could get hurt. Right? So the next time you see it, you get their license plate number. And maybe even a photo or a video of the driver. And report it to the local authorities who should do something about it. Later... Oh, you find out that they don't care because the driver is somebody's relative or friend or or they just don't have time to deal with it. Uh-oh. And eventually someone gets hit by this individual's recklessness. Then what? Now, sometimes authorities will get the message, but often a lawsuit is in order. This is pretty much the same uh, scenario as you might find in a public school situation. If people are deliberately breaking the law, it's incumbent upon citizens to stand up for the victim. We have laws on the books protecting parental rights in education. Clarification of these principles are stated in two federal laws, the Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment, or PPRA, and the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, F-E-R-P-A. FERPA. We have to hold our representatives accountable to protect our rights. Those folks are local school board directors. And if they don't protect our rights, we have to replace them and support the good directors who will protect them. Have you noticed the latest trend in education? States are passing policies removing basic reading, writing, and math skill requirements for student graduation. And now, teachers are not required to know how to read, write, or do math either. According to a Washington Post article by Mariah, let's see, Bollinget in September of 2022, she stated, many states have loosened job criteria over the years to draw more people into the teaching profession. In 2019, only 15 states required that candidates pass a basic skills test which measures whether they have a grasp of math, reading, and writing. According to a report from the National Council on Teacher Quality, 
Many states allow people to work on short-term licenses while they are still in teacher prep programs. As I just reported, this trend has continued. So it's not new. They're just doing more of it. My guest today is a veteran elementary school teacher whose experience and knowledge of the public school status is insightful and shocking. Stay tuned. Hey, parents, we know it's super overwhelming fighting the battle of advocating for your rights and your child's education. That's why we created the Parents Center. Within the Parents Center, there is free training, membership opportunities, a place for you to get advice, share your story, and find an affiliate near you. Visit our website, parentsrightsandeducation.com, to see the Parent Center and utilize all the tools we have available for you. We are here to support you. Okay, guys, we've got a great guest today, Sue Smith. Sue is a retired elementary health and PE teacher after almost 30 years in full-time teaching. She also has experience uh, serving on an Oregon school board in the town of Beaverton, Beaverton School District. So welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for being a guest on our program today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Is there anything that you'd like uh, our listeners to know about you other than um, your service um, as a teacher and serving on the school board? What about personal life? Any, anything in particular that you think is would be helpful? Well, we recently moved to Arizona, but I'm okay. still, I am still very much involved in what's going on, uh, specifically in the Tiger Dwalton School District, supporting okay. peers that are still working there. I also have been really involved in the Freedom Foundation, and that is educating uh, teachers about uh, the union. I was a member of the board of the teachers union in Tiger Twalton, and I learned um, some things that made me change my mind and quit the union. So um, I've been to a couple teacher conferences. I was at one um, this last September, and it it was I can't remember if it was September or October, but regardless, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, two hundred teachers were there, and so there was a plethora of information about what's going on in the United States with education, and it's quite similar. So it's not just happening in one pocket; it's happening everywhere, everywhere. And so we want to remind our listeners also that teachers, um, there are some excellent teachers just like Sue Smith who have dedicated their lives. They love children. They love teaching, but things aren't going so well these days. I want to share a few uh, facts about the Tiger Twalton School District and a recent survey that that they did, Susan, and get your feedback. And then we want to hear more about um, some news that just came across your desk today. So um, here's an interesting um, survey result. When it pertains to workload, teachers um, say that they're not able to get their work done. 64% of teachers uh, feel as though they're being overloaded with work. This one teacher stated, I work at school nearly 10 to 12 hours a day and am still behind. There are so many kids who would cry and yell and get easily frustrated. I have to call for help. It seems unreasonable to plan for so many things in only one hour a day. And sometimes we have meetings, so we don't even get time that day. 
it is taking a toll on my body and my mental state. Mm-hmm. Is that your experience? I'm trying to answer without crying. Oh, <laughs> yes, it has been my experience. I'm currently um, mentoring a teacher in the Tiger Twelfth School District who's having a real rough time as well. Um, I would like to talk about the disruptive students. Um, that is one of the biggest parts of the problem in teaching right now is that they've changed how they deal with disruptive students specifically. And I'll talk about Tiger Twalton. They talk about inclusion. And what that looks like now is instead of having a separate classroom for disruptive students or students who are struggling um, being educated, they are incorporated into the classroom. So what that looks like is, for instance, I will give an example that happened to my one of my peers is there was an autistic child that stood in the classroom and flipped a pop bottle in front of her as she was trying to teach a math lesson. Mm-hmm. I uh, taught physical education, as you said, and I taught in a gym, which echoes. Mm-hmm. And at the start of a school year, I had a kindergarten student. And this was many years ago, so I'm I'm being um, confidential. Okay, sure. Uh, she was autistic, and her mother insisted upon coming to the class with her, and the school allowed it. I started my kindergarten classes with going to the center gym circle after they did their little warm up, and I would talk to them. I'd be in the center of the circle, and they'd be on the outskirts of the circle. And I tried to talk, and this little girl wouldn't stop screaming at the top of her lungs. I had a really difficult time with that. So after every class, I would go in my office between classes, and I would cry. Mm. It got to the point where the mother came one day, and I stopped her outside my, my gym. And I said, I really need you to please take her out when she's disruptive. Well, that resulted in me being written up. And I was um it I was written up. It wasn't a formal write-up, but I was written up. Um she mm-hmm. she went to file the civil rights something or another or whatever. And I was supposed to allow this student to come into my classroom and scream. And um, the children were told, by the way, to ignore, ignore, ignore. And mm-hmm. um, the administration expected me to ignore it, too. And I could. Wild. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So on that note, also, the, sur- the survey included uh, a section on behavior. Yes. And only 3% of teachers describe student behavior is very safe. Uh, I'll quote one who made a comment. I do not feel comfortable going into the hallways during passing time. Kids ignore adult corrections, mm-hmm. flip them off or tell them to F off. Mm-hmm. The kids are in control, not the adults. That's true. And that sounds like middle school, but I will tell you that um, I I went to happy hour with some friends when I flew back to Oregon this fall, and um, they have kindergartners telling the teachers to F off. Hmm. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yes, this is bad. 
Yes, that that's the kind of stuff that's going on. And um, for instance, I substituted last fall, and I had a disruptive student, and um, he was told he was supposed to sit right up at my desk, and I gave a math test, and I gave the cardboard, you know, around the desk so that kids couldn't cheat, see each other's iPads, uh-huh. and he was being disruptive. So I said that was enough. And I took his iPad and I said, you need to go sit out in the hall. And at the school I was substituting at, they have no doors in to the classroom. So he was, I could see him, right? Okay. Well, the kids were doing their tests. The principal marched in and she said to me, what is he doing out in the hall? And I told her that he was being disruptive. And she said, well, I want him in the classroom as much as possible. Rather than asking me or what she could do to help me and taking him. Mm-hmm. She said this in front of the children, and that's the kind of thing that happens. Okay. Okay. So undermining staff mm-hmm. um, and embarrassing you in front of your own students. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lastly, I thought this was really telling. Uh, one of the survey questions said, teaching as a career, only, uh, let, let me say this, 70% of teachers would not recommend teaching as a career. Uh, this individual stated, although I enjoy teaching, I am approaching the end of my career and I would not recommend it to a young person seeking it as a career. The policies, pressures, politicization and change in student behavior makes it a challenging profession for someone new to the field. Would you recommend teaching? Absolutely not. Wow. Okay. Tell us what's going on in Tiger Twalton right now. Well, let me get it for you. (laughs) this was just posted today okay Mm -hmm. it's a group of parents who've gotten together after the hazelbrook incident and the hazelbrook incident is where a trans student um attacked a a, a girl but it's deeper than that okay so it's it's Mm -hmm. way deeper than that it's been going on for years so so now, now hold on just a second so when you say a trans student this is a boy who is presenting as a girl correct who attacked yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a female student yes okay, and tiger continue. Twal- excuse me i'm sorry tiger Twalton is trying to skew it so it's all that one quote unquote hate incident and hate speech so um you know they're bringing in separate they're talking about separate programs the parents are wanting changes in in behavior programs and they're still talking about the ish program and the ish program has to do with basically saying you're sorry when you do something but it's a same game different name thing whereas you know they have packs behavior where you blow your harmonica and you treat kids like dogs and they're supposed to behave and be quiet when you blow your harmonica which was just ridiculous i used to oh my god try to play songs on mine but um oh my gosh (laughs) so anyway (laughs) let me read this to you elementary school can no longer provide a safe teaching and learning space under the current conditions due to escalating student behaviors verbal abuse and physical violence the other students safety mental health and education are compromised every single day Current district policies and practices are endangering both students and staff. Outbursts, violence, and dysregulated behaviors will only continue to worsen if we do not dramatically change what we are doing. We are not talking about normal misbehavior, as one might imagine, but rather about physical assaults and destructive behaviors that would not be allowed in any other public school district in our area. 
Mm. Teachers, administrators, counselors, secretaries, student support specialists, nurses, instructional classroom and SPED assistants, custodians and kitchen employees have left and are leaving at rates much higher than normal due to the unbearable stress at Durham Elementary. Many of us end our day in tears. I can attest to that myself. Um, imagine how it is for students who, unlike adults, cannot choose to leave when it becomes too much for them to take. Zero consequence policies and a belief in full inclusion cannot come with a disregard for all other students and stakeholders in the building. It's not safe, and the staff can no longer do their jobs under these conditions. And what is worse, students can certainly not learn and grow in this kind of environment. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I need to say that this is happening in every single school in the Tiger Chihuahua district. The teachers wrote this letter and sent it to the superintendent today, and it was posted today. Wow. What do you think? What do you think the um, administration and the school board, what do you think they're going to do about it? It's hard to say. I think we have a woke school board. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be very interesting. The parents are going to have to get a very good law firm and um, not only get rid of the superintendent, but also they're going to have to work on her staff as well because she hired them. Yes. Um, there is a PACS behavioral curriculum, which I mentioned to you earlier um, mm -hmm. about the harmonica. There. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing that with senior high kids, but supposedly they were using some PACS behavior plan with they were moving it up to middle school kids. And if the children behave, um, they get to pick a game out of quote unquote Grammy's wacky prize box, which offended me because I'm a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I do not like that. <laughs> That's a really stupid name. But yeah. what happens is, and you're just going to die about this, these people come into your classroom, probably the DEI people, the De Department of Equity and Inclusion, and mm -hmm. they count how many quote-unquote spleams there are. Spleams? Spleams. Uh -huh. They're called spleams. And... A spleen is when a student isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they call them spleen because, you know, again, same game, different name. They would feel bad if they called it misbehavior or disruption or uh, disobedience, maybe um, lack of following directions. And they count the spleens. Also, there's part of the program is you write uh, little positive notes to kids. And those are called toodles. Oh, oh, the teachers are taught how to write a toodle. The, the teachers are taught how to write a toodle, and students write toodles to each other. Oh, and they write toodles, too, so they encourage them to pass notes. Now, when I was in school, you were supposed to be spending your time passing notes to your fellow classmates. But I believe they do that in an orderly way, but yeah. Mm. I mean, okay. I can talk for hours about what's going on in the school district. Okay, Susan, well, we're going to have you back. And, uh, wow, would you say that... Um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and uh, restorative justice and other programs like that are creating chaos in our public school today from K through 12. Absolutely. Thanks for that. You're coming back. There's way more to talk about. Appreciate what you're doing. 
And uh, uh, kudos to Freedom Foundation for what what they're doing. We want our we want our followers to look them up. We need to do more with Freedom Foundation. Get out of the union now. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To keep up with everything we're doing, check out our website, parentsrightsandeducation.com, and sign up for our newsletter. You can also join our movement for free by visiting our website, parentsrightsandeducation.com. To do your part in protecting parents' rights, you can become a Club 12 by 12 member by donating $12 a month. It takes all of us to make the change that we want to see. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.